This is Talking Dirty, Get Gardening's podcast for plant lovers. The video version is available on our Get Gardening YouTube channel, so you can head over there if you want to see our ugly mugs, and there are pictures of the plants there as well. There are full plant lists on our Twitter and Instagram at Get Gardening Now, so go check those out. But without further ado, let's start Talking Dirty. And welcome to episode 104 of Talking Dirty. Over at East Ruston Old Vicarage, looking super smart. It's not a cardigan, it's a sweater, I'll have you know. We have Alan Edward Herbert Gray, our happy and very handsome horticulturalist. Well, thank you for that lovely warm welcome. And over in Cambridgeshire, on this, just looking out of the window, blue sky day. It was raining when I got up this morning, but the, the sun has come out. Have you got sun? Uh, no. You will have. It's come. It's on its way down to you. Over in Cambridgeshire, we have Thordis Maria Sophia Fredrickson with that fantastic, wonderful mega smile. <laughs> you can come again. Um, I think you've stolen all our sunshine. Uh, you seem to be, I think, the only one with sunshine, but bringing sunshine to the podcast. One of the kindest men in the world of horticulture, one of the kindest gardeners, full stop. We have pretty much one of my gardening gurus, really, Brian Edward oh, Ellis. <laughs> Galanthaholic. No, not quite. <laughs> no, I think I'm eclipsed here. <laughs> Galanthaholic on Instagram. Just everyone needs to follow you. Your plant knowledge, your the stories behind your plants. It's all so inspiring. So thank you for coming back. It's been a bit of a wait because you were last on episode Pleasure. 30. I know. <laughs> 74 ago. <laughs> Did I do something wrong? <laughs> I don't really know what's happened, but as we sort of tumble towards my due date, I'm basically self-indulgently squeezing in as many of my favourites as possible and focusing on, oh, on, yes. <laughs> on things I want to, to talk about and learn before I pop and become distracted for a while. So I'm delighted that even though it's long overdue, you're back with us. And of course peak snowdrop season so who better than to have a snowdrop seller and a, a top galanthophile joining us on the podcast first of all i suppose how is your snowdrop season going so far well it's not not bad apart from the fact of course that as so far we've had these awful frosts and of course one was once we have a bad frost the snowdrops go down and they flop down the flowers hit the soil, they get marked and dirty and horrible, but they come up in the sun. Unfortunately, it's been so cold, we haven't had the warmth to bring them all up again until the last couple of days, really. So I'm beginning to enjoy the snowdrops. I'm harassed on other fronts. <laughs> Just don't mention the words rabbits or deer to Brian. Exactly. We'll move on. <laughs> before he gets upset and just focus on the happy things in life. As my sort of first year really making a foray into the world of snowdrops, I've been fascinated to watch how different plants seem to cope with the cold. So diggory and wasp have just, it takes a lot for them to flop in my raised bed, which is quite protected. It's down the side of the house. But Anglesey Abbey just went straight over and I, I don't think it's really it might have come back up this morning but yeah it's really interesting you, you just think they'd all behave quite similarly but obviously there there are different no, they breeding and they are very different well Anglesey Abbey if it's a good one is a peculiform because when they grow in a clump you'll find that some might not be peculiform 
but it should be poclyform, which means cup-shaped, as we know. <laughs> it, it goes back, apparently, to um, Latin, of course, where poculus was a cup. And I could never understand it. I'll send you a, a, a photo that I took of a very nice poculiform, which shows its cup shape perfectly. Now this one, can you see that the tepals are all the same size, roughly? And that's that's what a poculiform is. Now if I turn it up, it should be cup shaped. Well, you have to use your imagination, don't you? I mean, it's all very whimsical, this gardening lark. <laughs> and this one is an interesting one because it's Lydia Diana. And it's named after an ancestor of Diana Spencer, the king's first wife. She was 18th century and she she was painted by Joshua Reynolds, I think it was. Um, she was a, a Diana Spencer and she became the second Viscountess Bolingbrook lived at Lydiard Park and this I love for the shape because if you look at this is the receptacle of course we know that you can't see ovaries so this is the receptacle where the ovaries are and underneath to you uh, are the claws which are the thin bit of the tepals and then it opens out wider but the claws are quite long so you get this elegant, thin shape. So that's one poplar form. And if I get this one, which I rather like, you can see that this too is poplar form, but quite different because it's quite a fat one. Instead of droop, well, not drooping, but being narrow skirted as it were this is a very full ball gown type and this is commode bear which comes from canada bred by cal Matier. and it's a lovely one in a clump it looks absolutely gorgeous it's such a chunky monkey it is a chunky monkey <laughs> we like chunky monkeys <laughs> i feel at home with them <laughs> and then if we go back to the fact that I did tell you that we've been at it since September, this is um, one of the latest species. It's Galanthus bassanus, which comes from the Bursa region, hence bassanus. And it's incredible because this comes out in the autumn, and you can tell it comes out in the autumn because look. Oh. <laughs> All of the seed pods, they're like loads, big old, big old loads of seed pods already while it's still in flower. So that's a real good one. And there are, it's it's a very varied species, Bassanus. There are an awful lot of them, but they're very pretty and they're very scented as well. If it's not too cold, of course, because <laughs> that's the big problem with snowdrops. <laughs> what else have we got? We didn't last time, I don't think, we spoke about colour changes, did we? No. no. Despite the fact that we talked for some time, we managed to not actually cover everything we wanted to. Um, so I'm delighted <laughs> you're back. 
to talk about colour changes because I, I think they're rambling magical. on. <laughs> <laughs> and tall ones, because that looks quite looks to be quite a tall one. Yes, it's um I think it's nearly a foot this one at the moment. And this is a German snowdrop. Of course, with Brexit, you know, things are a lot more difficult. But fortunately, we got a lot of these in before all the problems with um, importing plants. Um, this is a colour changer, or I like to call them changelings, which is perhaps not quite the right thing to say. But anyhow, when it first starts to flower, the inner marks are green. And you can probably see that they've now faded to a sort of... Um, limey primrose. Yeah, limey primrose. But it, this has been in the cold greenhouse because of all those really bad nights, because, of course, it's in a pot. And we know what that means. Um, and so I've been protecting them a bit. But in the sun, they go bright yellow. Oh, And so they're quite extraordinary. Over a, a period of time, you start off with green, then you get that limey colour, and then they become yellow. And there are an awful lot now of colour changes, which they think probably started off with one called Blonde Inga, which has a, a yellow centre and a green outer. And they think that seedlings with that have become colour changes. What was the name of that one that you just had, Brian? This one was Shorbusa Ehrlicht. Oh, gosh. Probably I'm really terrible looking, pronunciation. Really looking forward <laughs> to writing the plant list for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Already. Colour changes, Brian, are they also called chameleons or is that something different? Well, there is, um, there is a snowdrop called chameleon. Of oh, course. OK. So I avoid that because that can be confusing and there's enough confusion in the snowdrop world. <laughs> now, you know, some are big and blousy. Love them. Well, I expect you've got this one. This is a lovely one. This is Glenorma. Yep. And it's extremely vigorous really is vigorous and makes these lovely huge snowdrops with a sort of almost an inverted y inner oh yes can you see that it, it's um not just a v that it starts to go up towards the base and it's a big snowdrop and the reason i wanted to show you that because it illustrates the size for those people that don't know snowdrops very well of two different snowdrops. This is, is it a little Western. taller than most others, Brian, because the one thing that I don't like is when you get a big, big flower on a short stem. Um, well, I think it's fairly well proportioned, this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, looks it. Yes, looks it. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a chunky plant. It's yeah. not enormously tall. Um, what's that one like? It's about the same as this one, which is yeah. coming up soon. Um, <laughs> I think it's, a, it's a, a good size for a snowdrop. Do you have plenty of that one, Glenorma? I'm afraid I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, and the reason I don't is because it's such a good snowdrop. You know that I grow them in lattice pots or pond yep. baskets in the garden. And they're small pond baskets because we've got a small garden. 
and it increases so vigorously that I'm having to split it up every year. So oh. I've released it into the ground. It's one of only three that are released in the ground. And that is a really nice one, but I'm afraid I haven't got any. Although if you speak nicely, I'm sure that something could be done at a, a later point, Helen. <laughs> <laughs> what are the three then that you have deigned to release into the ground? Well, there's that one. There's another one which Alan will have seen, which um, was at Raveningham, uh, Ace of Spades, Raveningham Hall, amongst all Lord uh, Sir Nicholas Bacon's snowdrops. And Ace of Spades is a synonym of trim, and hereby is a tale, if you can put up with it because I could never grow trim. It was one of those snowdrops that I'd tried three times and lost. And at, oh, 20 pounds upwards a bulb, you know, you don't want to be doing that. So I told Sir Nicholas that I'd lost it. And he very kindly said, would you like to see our clump of Ace of Spades? Now, one of his relatives, um, was the lady who found Trim at Westbury-on-Trim in Gloucestershire. And I think that in the clump, there were actually two different clones. And one of them must have been Trim, which is, for me, more difficult to grow. And the other one was Ace of Spades. So anyhow, Sir Nicholas and John Morley and I go marching across the Arboretum while Alan and some of the others were looking at snowdrops elsewhere. <clears throat> and he comes up to this tree and he says, there you are, and there's this massive clump. You know, it must have been, oh, nearly two foot across, oh. absolutely cram full of Ace of Spades. And I said, oh, that's magnificent. He said, would you like one? So I said, oh, that'd be terribly kind, Nico. <laughs> so he gets out his garden fork and very carefully digs the whole clump up and very carefully gives it to me and I hold it very carefully and he takes off a little clump of three and I thought, oh, I'm going to get three. Oh, that's so kind. And he very carefully replanted those three and said, there you are. And I was left holding this <laughs> massive clump. He said, put them all around the garden because he knows what our garden's like. And so I put them all around the garden as instructed because they're a good seed parent. Now, the other trim isn't necessarily as good a seed parent, although you get now lots of trimmings, trim pasta, trim let, etc, etc. So I'm convinced that there were two different clones, one of which suits my garden and one of which has suited everybody else's garden. <laughs> I could be quite wrong. So that's one that's released. And the other one that's released is a very old and very good doer, which makes magnificent, absolutely magnificent spread and it's S. Arnold. 
and nearly everybody has SR not because it's as cheap as chips, as old as the hills, and it was found by the Reverend S. Arnott. His name was Sam, but the snowdrop is S. Arnott because Primrose Warburg said that even his wife didn't call him Sam. <laughs> <laughs> and I have, it's a nice tall one, it's heavily scented. And if you go to places like Colesbourne, there are massive drifts. And I'm so excited because this year we're going to Colesbourne with the Hardy Plant Society. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's one of the stars of so the snowdrop season. It's one, it's one of the stars of the snowdrop season at York Gate as well, because yeah. Sybil, who started York Gate, I think she started with a clump of, we'll say, I don't know, five or ten. And she regularly divided SR not. And, and now it's just everywhere. Yeah, everybody else has divided it as well, haven't they? Yeah. Mm. I mean, there's mag that magnificent path with the SR not stand that e each side is beautiful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Do you know, I've said that I'm not going to buy any snowdrops this year, but I think if I don't have SR not, I probably should. So maybe. Oh, maybe. you should, yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah, I will buy absolutely. one. <laughs> Funnily enough, I bought uh, um, the Proceedings and Journal of the Dumfriesshire and Galloway Horticultural and Natural Society from 1904 because in it is S. Arnott talking about snowdrops and their history, art and diseases. And I thought, well, that would be interesting. So I bought that just recently. <laughs> uh, this is a really nice one. This is a double. Oh. We'll get in the right place. I do love a double. You see? Yes, I know you love a double. And this is rather nice on the outers as well, because it oh, that's a bad... That's a better one, isn't it? I'm trying not to get the other, the other one right on the on the screen. <laughs> but you see how nice it looks. Oh gosh! Either closed or open, quite I love, distinct. I love that you've got both. You've managed on one plant to have one flying and one not. Well, there are three flying. Oh, three flying. One not. And the reason is this one is not quite so advanced as the others. Oh. So as time will go on, it will. Oh, no, I tell a lie. This one is dying. <laughs> this one is going over. <laughs> I need new glasses. This one's going over. So it is starting to shrivel up. But that's these are what it's like in a clump. The green so markings it's, it's, are such distinctive stripes, aren't they? They are. It's it's a cross in a way, isn't it? Yeah. But one half of the cross is wider than the others. And this is um, Franz Joseph. And Franz Joseph is ever such a good one for a clump. Is Franz Joseph also expensive? No. <laughs> what have we got? One, two, three, four, five... Six bulbs. Oh, yeah. I think it sells for about thirty, something like that. A bulb. <laughs> Ouch! Oh, I should have should have done this one first. <laughs> this one is Emma Thick. And you've heard of Emma? 
No. Emma Thick, the snowdrop hat lady. Emma is now head gardener at Thenford Arboretum for Lord Heseltine. And I've known Emma for some time because we were members of Scottish Rock and, and everybody who knew snowdrops really was on Scottish Rock at that time. <clears throat> she started up the Facebook page for snowdrops and galanthophiles. And she found this, I believe, although she hasn't come back to me to tell me, at the garden at which she was previously head gardener, which was Edmundsham in Dorset. And this arose, and you can see it's a sort of trim type with a, a green mark on the outer. But look, two buds coming. So vigorous plant and well worth having, especially if you know Emma, who's lovely. <laughs> she was on Country File. You may have seen that. I'm fairly certain I follow her on Instagram, where you get a mixture of snowdrops and cosplay. Snowdrop hat lady, yes, you do. <laughs> I showed you this one. This is one that I I happened to purchase on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> How exciting. One happened to arrive through the post today. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad, isn't it, really? Um this is this is um an interesting one because you can see that it's got a long pedicel. So in the wind it dances, but it's a seed grown one. And it was grown by somebody that um, Alan knows, um, Janet Sleep. Oh yes. From the house at Gissing. And she had seed from Richard Hobbs of various yellows. And from those seed, this is one of the ones that she got. So it, she's called it Norfolk Yellows because they're all slightly different. And this was the only one that was left on Sunday when I got to that bit of the stall. And I really liked it for this dangling pedicel because I haven't got one that's like that. So I thought I'd have to have it. And you can see that not only is the flower yellow, but the scape, which you would call the stem, is also pale yellow. And the leaves are not quite as green as you would expect. So that's quite a nice new acquisition. That's a lovely soft yellow. It is a soft yellow. Well, it's quite incredible how you can go from these um, ones that are almost limey green to the soft yellows, to the darker yellows, to really quite vivid yellows, like um, John Morley's Mother Goose. If you look at the inner of that, it's it's butter yellow i mean it's absolutely sh shines i haven't got another <laughs> yellow i don't think because yellows are they're more difficult to see the differences i think than the greens because obviously there's not such a contrast between the yellow and green uh, white and the green and white so this is another norfolk snowdrop <laughs> This was a happen chance finding in a garden centre. So it's not really, really? north. Yeah. 
I, I expect you've met Margaret Ford, Alan. Yes. She lives in Wyndham, and she was looking for a pox of snowdrops in Wyndham Garden Centre some years ago and found this one growing amongst three or four others, I think, in the pot. And so over time, she's gradually increased it and passed it round to people. And it's rather nice because it's got lovely green tips, as you can see. It's quite a short one in comparison with some of the others. I think if I get my, oh dear, that's the wrong one. Pull that one on. <laughs> you see, that's yeah. quite a different height. But nonetheless, it's it's a really nice one, and everybody who sees it rather likes it. So that's What's a good called, one. Brian? A Norfolk It's called Lynch Green, L-Y-N-C-H. So that's where she lives. And then going on something different again, here's a little one. Very dinky. It's very dinky and it's in flower. It's not in bud, it's in flower. <laughs> and it stays like this for ages and then it does open and drop eventually. <laughs> I'll give you a quick look and then you must go away. <laughs> exactly, but it's rather nice, isn't it? Nice dinky little thing. And it's called Fanny Justine. <laughs> it's the Belgian, Belgian snowdrop. It comes from uh, Kathy Portier, who has uh, a Belgian company called Cool Plants. And it was found, I think, in her partner's parents' garden. And it's named for their daughter, Justine. I didn't realise you got such... Funny little snowdrops. I'll be honest, I didn't know you could get ones that just sort of sat there looking a bit buddy, but actually they were yeah, doing their thing. There are only, only a few, and they're not they're not common. You do find them occasionally, and people are always pleased to find them. It, it's it's that thing where I mean, normally snowdrops are like that, aren't they? But at Colesbourne, they found one which was bolt upright and looked sideways which they called Lord Lieutenant after Henry Elwes because he was Lord Lieutenant of Gloucestershire. I think it's Gloucestershire. And there are others that, well, they're, they're sort of in between, you know. So in that, in those sort of, in those sort of uprightish, that group, I don't know if they have an official name, is that where some of the claw type ones would fit in or are they something completely different? Oh, what, like the Arbor Claw, you mean? No, 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 they're spikies. They're completely different. I haven't got a spiky to show you. But whereas, we'll go on to the next picture while I am. Um, it's another nice green marked outer one. You can see it's got three outer petals, or tepals, I should say, and three inner tepals. Well, in a spiky snowdrop, all the tepals are actually thin and long and they're very much like facing forward as you say but the, the the shape is completely different so i mean the arbor claw is one that you all know and i was staggered 
when I started making a list of spiky snowdrops to find over 40. Crikey. I know. Yeah. It's quite astounding, isn't it? And some of them are quite old ones. And you get the ones that are in between, like walrus, which you probably know, which yeah. has one or two very long tepals on the outside. And so that's getting there but it's not a spiky, really. And um, Jack Barker, uh, Guy Barker, I should say, he has found a couple of nice spikies, one called Medusa and one called Icarus, which are rather... And they're very short, like Fanny Justine. You don't get really tall spikies. I think probably the, the tallest one is probably the Arbor Claw. And that will be about six inches in old money. <laughs> and apart from that, you know, they're all short. And the one you've got in front of you, what was that one called? This one is an Elwesii from the lovely Wall and Sue Staines at Glen Chantry. Marvellous garden, which used to open and sadly does no no more but they sell snowdrops and this one was named like Glen Norma that really big one after the garden this is Glen Charn Tress with nice green marks on the answers clever snowdrop naming there are so many clever snowdrop names out there with another short one with a quite a little different shape as well because it sort of scoops out straight from the receptacle, doesn't it? And it's mm. a, a long receptacle. It's only a small flower, but it's a long receptacle, a long mark, long tepals, and a pale colour. And it's very wispy, isn't it? <laughs> and its name is Wisp. <laughs> and in a clump, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous, because it's just a, a mass of pale limey, yellowy flowers with this mark on it as well. That's I a am really lovely. so excited about the idea of clumps of snowdrops. It's one of the lovely things if you go to somewhere like East Ruston where you've been collecting snowdrops for a while and they get that chance to clump up and there is nothing quite like seeing particularly some of the more extraordinary ones in a lovely, like wasp, you know, a nice big chunky oh, clump. Yeah. Um, unlike, yeah. you know, in my garden where I have one or two. Yeah, but you will get clumps in time. Oh, you, know, you do. It, it, yeah, I mean, it's it's always fascinating that you think to yourself, "Well, I, I, I've only had that about two or three years, and look at the size of it." But it's not; it's probably nearer to six years, and you've forgotten. <laughs> wow, I I have one. I have one called Sybil Stern, which is a very old variety named after um, F. C. Stern's wife, and. He wrote about snowdrops and um, leucogens, snowdrops and snowflakes. And Sybil Stern, I bought about nine, ten years ago. Last year, I had three flowers. <laughs> <laughs> but I can beat that because on my on my Instagram this morning, I put a picture of one which came from... Um, Marjorie Fisher's garden at East Lambrook. It was found in the ditch, which is famous for 
a variety of snowdrops. And it's called Lambrook Green Sleeves. And I've had it for 13 years. And it's now made a clump. <laughs> but it has been a long, slow process. Whereas others, you know, they're quite vigorous, as is this one. This is the last one I'll show you. You'll be pleased to know. <laughs> this was named after um, the late John Sayles' grandson. Um, and John Sayles worked for the National Trust. And I think he lived in Norfolk at the end of his life, because when I was in hospital <laughs> earlier this year, um, one of the nurses said, oh, perhaps you know John Sales. So I said, yes. She said, oh, that's my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> More world. <laughs> um, so this is named after John Sales' grandson because he was um, like lots of older people, not computer literate, and his grandson was called Ted. And Ted was the one who did all his computing. So this is Computed. <laughs> Isn't that a good name? That is a good and you can name, see yeah. it makes quite a nice clump. Great name. Quite a nice clump. And I mean, when I started last year and I bought my first snowdrops, I was very much trying to limit myself to ones that were around like five to 10 pounds. And would you sort of on the whole feel like if you're starting, the cheaper ones are generally the better doers, which is why they're cheap. So if you want a clump and you don't you know, want to risk spending lots of money and having a 13 year wait, maybe start with the more affordable. Well, it's always the sensible thing if you're starting a snowdrop collection and you you don't know how they grow because you've got to learn about the plants as as with all plants. So yes, buy the cheap ones because you will know that they're tried and tested. They're easy to grow. They clump up fairly vigorously. So you'll soon have a lot of snowdrops. And that's, that's the best way to do it. I mean, when you come to, I mean, the top end is three, four hundred pounds. And, you know, you don't want to risk buying one of those as lovely as they are. I mean, last, no, two years ago, I was very kindly given a snowdrop, which cost £450. And when I went in the spring to have a look at my site where it was, in its lattice pot with its label, I found a very neat hole. Oh. And it had been dug up by a squirrel, I think, and replaced by a conker. <laughs> and I looked. It's not funny, thought It's not funny. <laughs> I looked everywhere around the garden, absolutely everywhere, to see if there was this snowdrop on the ground. Couldn't find it anywhere. Haven't seen it since. So, you know, I'm so pleased it was a gift. I felt absolutely dreadful, guilty that it was a gift and I'd lost it. Well, you didn't lose but it. I mean, were. you were sabotaged by a squirrel. Yes, yes. So these things happen. 
these things happen. Squirrel with a sense of humour. Obviously, definitely not funny. Squirrel with good taste, I'll have you know. (laughs) Very good taste. Good unblurred taste. (laughs) Well, you've just now managed to make, I think, everybody else who's lost a snowdrop they spent a bit of money on or a a gardening gift. You made them feel better because that story is surely worse. I always think that you should let people know that, you know, you may grow a lot of snowdrops, but you lose them as well. Yeah. And I was very pleased, um, oh, a couple of years ago on the stall, one of the national collection holders came and he bought one or two snowdrops. I said, what on earth are you buying snowdrops from me for? And he said, well, you always lose them, you know. So it's not just the ordinary people who lose them it's the experts as well that's making me feel better when i eventually discover that one or two of mine have probably not made it through but well keeping fingers crossed well you know what i say don't you they're only bulbs <laughs> yes only bulbs. <laughs> is that what you said when you discovered the conquer no i can't repeat what i said when I discovered the <laughs> Hey, Fordice here. Just to say thank you so much for listening to Talking Dirty. You are now officially our favourite person. If you really liked it, please do subscribe because we'll be back for more plant-loving mayhem next week. And as you're our new favourite person, we don't want you to miss out. If you've got a question for Alan and the experts, you can email it to hello at getgardeningnow.co.uk. So happy gardening. And we'll see you, oh favourite person, next time.